Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to another uh, episode of the Morning Star Journal with me, Tariq. And I want to thank you all for coming in. Let me turn down that background music just a little bit so you can actually hear me. And um, what you were listening to just a few moments ago, even with those um, interruptions, I definitely have to remember to uh, turn off the uh, notifications on uh, my equipment whenever I'm recording. So note for next time that I normally do, but I forgot. But anyway, what that was earlier was the ending sequence to The Mandalorian, a new Star Wars series, first live-action Star Wars series, um, that is available on Disney+, and is actually what I'm going to be talking about today. So, a brief uh, tutorial on who I am. This is the Morningstar Journal, and my name is Tariq, and this is a podcast that I um, developed to just kind of take a few moments to talk about just about anything that I enjoy that I want to share with other people and maybe see if they want to um, partake or if they have opinions or just a general chat, if not. Um, so usually I take time to talk about just about a little bit of everything, movies, games, TV shows, books. Uh, comics, music, just about anything and everything. And um, I usually try to, you know, research a little bit here and there, kind of give you little backgrounds, not only of what I enjoy on it, but what it really means to me and um, just things to get enjoying. Right now, and normally I try to pick older things or, um, you know, a few things that are just um, maybe, uh, uh, things that have been forgotten and, um, use that, try not to do anything new, but I've really enjoyed the Mandalorian so much. I've got to talk about it. Even though we're only three episodes in, it's a really awesome show. And I want to take a few moments to actually, uh, talk about it. Uh, but a little bit of, kind of, uh, housekeeping before we get into that. So, uh, prior... Uh, uh, last episode, which I'm trying to get more back on track, is only a few weeks since my a uh, couple weeks since my last episode. So, you know, not exactly back to the uh, weekly episodes just yet, but I'm I'm trying to get there. Um, so, uh, last time I did talk about a kind of issue I was having with uh, my vehicle and thinking about getting a new one. Well. <sighs> I actually bit the bullet and actually went and got a new vehicle. So, as of right now, I'm proud owner of a Subaru uh, Forester. So, I've uh, decided to get rid of my old car and get something new. So far, I've liked it. There's a few little hiccups here and there, and I've got a... Um, kind of like follow-up meeting next week with the uh, super company so uh, or dealer so I might go and just kind of uh, see there's a few things that I'm wondering can be tweaked or fixed or whatever uh, so we'll kind of see how that goes um, also I think uh, last week I ended up talking a little bit too much too fast so I actually remembered to uh, grab a drink so that every so often I can kind of hydrate and not get that 
weird dry throat that was happening last week. So we'll see how this goes. But, um, and since this is coming out, um, this is uh, the Saturday before Thanksgiving. I'm not sure if I'll be able to get another episode out uh, before, or sorry, um, during uh, that weekend. I want to say, uh, kind of give everyone a, whoever's listening, I uh, hope you're having a happy Thanksgiving, and if, whether you're going to be spending it with family, friends, um, close acquaintances, or maybe just take time for yourself, um, just want to be, thank you know, just, it, it's a time to just kind of sit back and just be thankful for what we have, um, you know, don't worry about the things that you don't have but just be thankful of you know what what you're what you're given now and um just i think just all around and maybe just take this as a general thought just be happy um but anyway (laughs) uh, i feel like today today might be a little bit shorter like i said it's kind of impromptu slash i wanted to get an episode so this may be a little bit staticky so i definitely apologize about that but anyway let's actually get into the mandalorian which is really what i wanted to talk about today so if you haven't uh heard already and i'm can't believe that if you listen to me, you probably already know this, and Lord knows it's been advertised everywhere because it's the house of mouse after all. Disney has opened up their new streaming service called Disney Plus, and they've added just about every and anything under the Disney roof. There are a few notable exceptions here and there, and a few, and I've heard that there's some uh, shows and movies that they put a little caveat to remind you, hey, this was made back in the 70s or 60s or even 50s, because, you know, Disney's been around for a long time, and eh, let's say some things don't hold up the test of time as much as others. Uh, but one of their new shows they brought out is called The Mandalorian Star Wars Universe. So kind of a brief quick synopsis of what the show is. So Mandalorian takes place, I believe they say about five years after Return of the Jedi. So, um, of course, in that uh, this episode um, six, of course, of the Star Wars franchise or movies, um, Empire has just fallen. Death Star 2 has been destroyed. Emperor's dead. So we believe Darth Vader also is dead. Um, Empire's pretty much in shambles and Republic is kind of coming out. Um, so they are starting a new Republic, but at the same time, there's a lot of... Um, areas outside of the main, you you know, um, core worlds, kind of like the, um, uh, the outer rim territories, I believe sometimes called that it's still kind of, you know, lawless out there. And that's pretty much where I believe the Mandalorian's taking place. So Mandalorian, um, so far we don't know his name other than, uh, other people have referred to him as Mando, which I believe just kind of a short form of Mandalorian. Uh, but he's a bounty hunter. And when we, and in the first episode, we kind of get a brief introduction of him as this kind of very silent, no-nonsense uh, bounty hunter able to take out a few 
uh, uh, kind of um, obnoxious uh, uh, bar patrons as he finds his mark and takes him in. And you just, in from the opening uh, minutes, and even when he meets uh, one of the uh, head of the Bounty Hunters Guild that he's working with, um, we see that he's a very effective and, um, well, popular for the main guy, but maybe not very popular for his, uh, uh, his uh, uh, other bounty hunters, but um, he's a very capable hunter, and he's always looking for more jobs, more jobs, and um, in the first episode, uh, Carl Weathers, I can't remember his uh, his character's name, but he kind of gives him the uh, the uh, the information on a job uh, that somebody that they're hiring, uh, but they have very limited information. It's kind of off the books as well. And when he gets there, he actually meets an Imperial officer. And he's actually surrounded by a bunch of stormtroopers who've seen better days. Again, this is uh, post-Return of the Jedi. So a lot of these guys, they didn't exactly just go to the New Republic and, you know, kind of fall into there. They're still, you know, part of this old empire. So, you know, they probably became like mercenaries or worked for any Imperial wanting to be a kind of self-made warlord here and there. But, um basically he takes this job by this imperial says hey i need you to go here pick up this thing um you can bring it alive or dead i know it's kind of a tough job so do what you got to do but there's a scientist that kind of conspicuously says hey i I really need this alive and the the main imperial is kind of like yeah well you do what you got to do um we also get a look at um basically the Mandalorian culture where he goes down and um, when he's given the first part of his payment, which is like a, a steel, best car steel, kind of like I've seen uh, one person, uh, uh, one reviewer uh, uh, kind of describe it kind of like um, if you want to think in Marvel terms, like the, the way they depict vibranium in a sense. And this uh, steel is used by the Mandalorians for their armor. And he gets another, basically he gets like an extra set of armor to put on his shoulder as he goes out for this mission. And his payment's going to be a bunch more. And he goes out to this remote planet, meets a local. It's really cool. I mean, they kind of get a little soft track here. The main point of this is that the Mandalorian does the thing that I always thought that would have been the easiest thing for Star Wars to ever do when it comes to stories. And actually, this kind of falls in line with any um, kind of franchise or property. In this day and age, a lot of stories have been told. I mean, whether it's a lone gunman, um, reluctant warrior a soldier coming home or detective um, or a hard-nosed detective or an undercover agent or, you know, what have you, everything and anything, a lot of stories have been told one way or form another. So when you have something like Star Wars, sometimes you don't have to try to break the mold or create something brand new or something like that you can take an existing story 
but just give it the Star Wars setting. And that's all that this show is, and it does it phenomenally. All this is, you've seen this same setup, the same show in old westerns, like Clint Eastwood, I believe, um, popular one is like Man With No Name, basically, or um, the old, uh, was it, uh, I believe, um, the old uh, samurai uh, story, uh, Wolf and Cub, which kind of gets to a little bit of a spoiler for the first episode, is that the package he's trying to find is a is a child, basically. And um, not to give too many spoilers, although if you look on the internet, you'll see uh, tons of spoilers. Like I said, it is three episodes in, so a lot of it, so it's all over. And pretty much, like, the day it came out, um, probably a few hours after it aired, there were memes and uh, discussions and pictures. And even past um, this, these last two episodes, it's only grown more. So if you don't want to be soiled, good luck with that. <laughs> You're going to have a time. But they're all available on the Disney+. Plus. But anyway, kind of getting back to what I was saying... Um, I never understood why, like, after the first movies, uh, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, why they, why it seemed like it was so difficult for them to create any new movies or new, or a TV show or cartoon series, you know, maybe the excuse is always, oh, they didn't have the money or they didn't have the resources but at the same time you go back and you see like star trek was a thing for a long time and they were able to make star trek episodes without any problems and you think okay star wars if you're making a tv show it wouldn't be that hard you also have things like battlestar galactica they were able to get away with a lot of things even later when they rebooted battlestar galactica um and in this one, like other than costumes, this really has a Wild West setting. I mean, the Mandalorian isn't wearing anything crazy and he's fighting like other scoundrels. And in the last episode, episode three, um, he was fighting stormtroopers. So, you know, those costumes aren't exactly, especially nowadays, wouldn't be hard to find or recreate. So it was, it was always funny that they never, they never really made anything like this before. And it seems like a no brainer, especially watching it now. You're like, you could have made this at any point, but I guess in the end, you have to get the right people, the right group, maybe even right audience maybe we weren't uh, a lot of people just wasn't ready for that at the time i know i was after watching the original trilogy i was always ready for more star wars stuff i mean um i grew up getting a lot of the different toys i remember having uh the toy millennium falcon and uh uh darth vader's tie fighter i had those two uh, vehicles may have even had no I had a, a Lego A-Wing so uh, but even then I had the Lego A-Wing and later I actually got the uh, Lego uh, one of or not the first but probably one of the early uh, Lego uh, Slave 1 um, Boba Fett ship which I think I have in a box that I may have to try to dig up and 
reconstruct when I get a chance. But anyway, it just amazing that like you know it was Star Wars in general was able to survive for so long, and this was even before the initial prequels came out. And then when the prequels came out, you know, there was a resurgence. You saw a few more. There was always a lot of books before, but you saw more books around the time. Toys and Legos off the prequels. And then, of course, now with Force Awakens, Last Jedi, um, they've got that surge again. But they never, at any point when it came to TV, the only thing we had were cartoons. Because you had uh, back in the... Mm, what was it, the, uh, probably the late 80s, yeah, I think it was late 80s, it wasn't quite the 90s just yet, but like the late 80s, it was just after Return of the Jedi, you had things like, um, droids and Ewoks, of course, because Ewoks were the big thing from Return of the Jedi, and then we really didn't have any any known Star Wars property until Clone Wars. There was a lot of things that came out that were like either spoofs or okay, you got inspiration from Star Wars. I remember, what was it? Space Command and um, a later iteration of He-Man which took him into the future which was very Star Wars-ish. You know, there was, there was there were things that like, oh, you're kind of taking off this, but no official things. And then later you had Clone Wars and then Rebels and now Resistance. But unfortunately those... I think Clone Wars may have initially had... Because it was on Cartoon Network, it may have been kind of geared toward kids, but not really. They had very... Um, not adult, but older kind of themes to it and um, stories that were a little bit more adult content. Not not adult adult, but at least older content than the demographic you would expect for a cartoon these days. And But it seemed to kind of regress and kind of go back when it came to Rebels and especially Resistance. Resistance is very kid-friendly and as far as I know, because I've only seen maybe a couple of episodes, it just didn't speak, it just, it just didn't spark any interest for me personally um, that Clone Wars and even Rebels to a little bit degree did. Um, so it's nice that this show comes around that is made for the older um, Star Wars fans and they have callbacks and what's nice about the show is that they have these little subtle callbacks and um nods but they don't the show doesn't screech to a halt to actually show them and also the show does a really good um a way of actually show not tell where you don't have these long expositions on you know where they are or what they're doing you can gauge everything from what's going on like when um he initially goes to the uh secret mandalorian kind of underground and gets his uh gets oh, the one piece of armor made in the first episode you get these quick flashbacks of him in this battle as a child where you see where he survived this attack which then the way it shows how he was kind of um put into this 
uh, shelter and it closed in on him to kind of shield him. It then mimics later when we meet the asset he's going to get when we see it's a baby and the cradle and the way the baby reaches out to him is very similar to um, how he was um, kind of sheltered when he was a child. So when it comes to a little bit later, um, not just in the second episode where he's ha- where he has to protect it as he's trying to transport it back to um, back to his um, I guess buyer trying to find the right word, but um, but as he's uh, trying to transport it back, and then you can understand the conflict he has when he does take it back to the Imperial and they seem to be scanning the baby almost as like, you know, this kind of prize and, you know, they shuffle it away and the stormtroopers are really cold to him. So you can understand that you don't have to be told he's feeling this conflict or you don't have to be kind of forced to understand like why he's feeling this way they're showing it through these different flashbacks they're showing it through the story and uh the beginning of this episode i played the ending sequence which is also the musical sequence that you hear sometimes throughout the show and i think the music is really good and i've heard some i've seen some people complain about it but i think it's really nice um i do think that the very and you don't hear it in that one, but if you listen to, there's, um, especially in the second episode, when he's initially walking with the child, there's this kind of um, beginning sequence when he's alone that reminds me so much of the old Cleon, uh, Cleon sounds. Um, if we're any fans of the old uh, Star Trek movies with... Um, you know, William Shatner's Captain Kirk and Nimoy as Spock. Um, whenever the Klingons showed up, there was this kind of intro, I want to say kind of this woodwind style uh, song that starts up just before the drums and the main Cleon song comes up. You'd always hear it whenever, like, Bird of Prey is about to decloak, or you're, you know, taking a, tr- a quick trip into their ship and they have, like, a quick uh, dialogue. But it sounds, like, very similar. And I don't know, maybe this is because, because I, I mean, it is. This show is created by John Faravaugh, who's um, really, from what I understand, you know, grew up with things like Star Wars, Star Trek, and all these other things. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he had that kind of mindset because the Mandalorians kind of remind me of the Klingon-style warrior culture in a sense. And you especially see it um, in this latest episode that came out where he does where he does take the child in and he has this kind of conflict, uh, especially with the other Mandalorians who, um, when they see the payment, it's all stamped with Imperial stamps. So these were, so a little bit of backstory and they do a pretty good job here. 
the Mandalorians used to mine and they use this Beskar metal because it's like this supposed to be like the best metal in the universe for armor. And you see it throughout the show where he's able to take blaster fire um, that would have normally either killed or incapacitated him and he's able to survive it. But uh, apparently the Mandalorians have like a lot of this. That's why a lot of people have that uh, comparison to in the Marvel uh, movies, Wakanda and the Vibranium. So the, um, the Mandalorians had this best armor, but then the Empire rolled in and uh, pretty much took a lot of this armor and killed most, if not from what the Empire probably thought, all the Mandalorians in the process. So there's like this little conflict where they're kind of upset with the other Mandalorians are upset with this one because it's like you're you're dealing with the Empire to and your payment is things that belong to us in the first place. So what does that even make you? And there's that kind of like, you know, not hating him, but kind of it's one of those things where it's like they hate the situation and um, the Mando is just kind of the object of it right now because they can't really uh, they can't really take it to the Empire so they're going to take it out on him and it's funny the forger who forges the metal she even says like hey the Empire's done and this has come back to us so that's all that's important um, and another thing that I think is kind of cool that, you know, you got to wonder, was this planned or not? Not only about the, and I'm just going to say the child right now, you could take a moment to either watch The Mandalorian or look up online to see uh, what this child is to understand why it's been just a huge uh, phenomena. But you got that, and then you've also got a character that you meet in the first two episodes that always ends with he always ends his conversation with um, um I have spoken and every time he says those three lines I have spoken it he's done he doesn't say anything else he's in the conversation he usually even just walks off after that and it's funny it is kind of cool the way they show the transition of the Mandalorian accepted that speech where at first he's kind of puzzled by it and then in the middle he's kind of like aggravated because he would because the guy would give him like this like you know okay this is what we're gonna do I have spoken and he's kind of like frustrated like we still need to talk about this but knows he can't to the very end where he just respects him because in the end the guy he'll you know he keeps up with the conversation but you know he's like once he's either gotten to the point or said everything he needs he's like that's it and he goes and the Mandalorian respects it and then now in the latest episode we've got this uh we got a new line between the Mandalorians to say it is the way and it's kind of like it, it's almost like there may the force be with you in a sense and you gotta wonder, like, did they plan these catchphrases to be so uh, popular? And I know that's hard to say and hard to do because you can never know if, like, some catchphrase or some word will just transcend 
the medium that it comes off of, but um, trust me, I have spoken and I have a feeling this is the way are going to be things that are going to, at the very least, maybe for the next couple months, uh, last longer than, than after the Mandalorian's off the air. But anyway, there's a lot of cool action. One thing I've heard a few people kind of disappoint with is the length. And all three of these episodes are around between 30 to 35 minutes. So they're not long. But I was sitting thinking about that. I'm like, well, you know, old shows like old westerns and even cop shows back in the day, they were usually only about 30 45 minutes if you kind of count commercials and of course Mandalorian being a streaming uh, service doesn't have commercials Uh, doesn't even really have an intro per se other than a cold intro and then the main title Um, but there's no like in you know title sequence other than the ending credit song but um, but it kind of reminds me of books in which in a lot of books, chapters aren't exactly 10 pages long or 20 pages long or 15, whatever. The chapters are always as long as they need to be. So you have some chapters that would be 10 pages long where your character is doing this and the other, maybe um, walking between a lot of places. And then you may have a chapter that's only about three or four pages long where he's doing a quick or he or she's doing like a quick situation or maybe have a quick dialogue with um, somebody else. And that's kind of what I get from the show is that even though a lot of these episodes are short, they really do get to the point and there's no wasted time. There's no like, there's no like fluff. There's not like something they're just kind of putting in that makes uh, no sense or that has no payoff everything has a point um, when he's taken the moment to um, kind of walk past all the other Mandalorians and goes to the forge there's a point to it because we see that they gather around him when they see this armor um, and then later there's a between that struggle there's a payoff later on where after he decides that his own honor outweighs the bounty hunter code, he decides to go after the baby again. And, um, you know, that Mandalorian code that you saw earlier kind of comes back. Um, There's even a a cute little callback to... Uh, what the baby was reaching for in the beginning of the episode and what he gets at the end of the episode is kind of a quick call. So a lot of those things, it matters and they're using their screen time effectively. So I can't really knock them that, okay, so you're not as long as, uh, was it Game of Thrones, which is usually an hour or things like, uh, you know, uh, Walking Dead or Breaking Bad or Stranger Things. Yeah, you're not, you know, take you're not you're not giving me a 40 or five or 50 minute episode, but also you're not like wasting my time for 5 or 10 minutes or you know, giving me a 7 minute uh singing and dancing sequence that serves no purpose other than filling the time. They're using it very effectively. 
Um, all in all, I've really liked this show. I will probably be watching it, it again in a few minutes uh, before I head on out because it is just a joy. And um, I really recommend it that if you like Star Wars in general, I think you'll like the show. If you um, like Western, if you like a a... a like western movies or western plots you'll enjoy this show i actually showed it to my dad who was here um a few weeks uh, last week uh was he's fixing a few things and we had a few moments before we had to leave and he watched it and he said the same thing i thought is that when he saw it he thought of it as one of the westerns he used to watch that he likes so i think you'll really enjoy it um you know, Disney Plus, yeah, it's a monthly service. $7 a month, not too bad. It's at least better right now than you know, things like um, Netflix and Amazon. That usually is like about 10 to $13, depending on which one you have. And if you have, this is not a plug for Disney Plus, don't think that. But if you do have Verizon service and have unlimited data plan, you can get the first year for free. Um, by going into, I believe it's like manage add-ons and then you add it there and then go into Disney plus and then, um, sign up. And then it like, I think what happens is for it'll charge Verizon, but then Verizon will credit it back. But anyway, even if you're not going to do that and just going to get the monthly service on your own, you know, $7 a month, eh, not bad for, um, a lot of the content. Cause I mean, they have, a lot of the Marvel movies, Disney movies, uh, like I said, Star Wars, even National Geographic. Uh, they've got old shows. I was actually watching um, Gargoyles the other day. If you you talk about a '90s show that um, I would love to have a comeback, that's one you definitely need to check out. And I can't remember if I've ever talked about that one, but that's definitely gonna that's definitely on my list on um old cartoons and now that it's available oh i definitely recommend you checking that one out but anyway check out mandalorian it's only three episodes so far but i think you'll enjoy every bit of it so i'm gonna cut this one a little bit shorter than normal don't worry i will be back with uh, more episodes later but again i want to take a moment to thank anyone who decides to kind of stop on by and listen and if you ever have any questions for me, you have comments, I'm always trying to make this better, trying to improve, and if you have any suggestions, please, you can leave a comment, um, you, um, it's better you can, if you can leave it through Anchor, because I think they have like voice messages, so you can leave a voice message through there I can get, or if you want to send me a direct message, um, I do have a Twitter set up um, at Morningstar Journal, journal spelled J R N L, or um, you can send me a message in uh, email to the Morningstar Journal, all spelled out, no spaces. So the Morningstar Journal at gmail.com. And I want to give a quick shout out to fellow Star Wars fan, David, uh, from Car Thoughts with Dave. I hope that he's, um, I know he's got to be watching this. And uh, if you're not, David, if you're listening, you need to, I'm giving you permission. You can go ahead, stop this episode now and go watch uh, Disney Plus. Don't worry, I'll wait. (laughs) 
And I also want to give a quick shout out to a good friend of mine, uh, Jason, up near uh, Raleigh. I believe he's still in Raleigh or Cary, maybe. I may be mistaken on that. If you aren't Jason, I definitely apologize. But he has a... Um, uh, kind of a stream that he's been uh, posting uh, his uh, YouTube plays, uh, Kiger Fox, K-I-G-E-R-F-O-X, and he does these kind of um, uh, let's plays on, I believe he's been playing Division, Need for Speed, Heats, uh, the new Star Wars, Jedi Fallen Order, which is a game that... Again, kind of like Mandalorian coming out for TV. This is the first Star Wars game to come out in a long time. Um, not as long as, you know, we've been waiting for a TV show. But definitely, it's been a while since we've had a uh, good Star Wars, a good single-player Star Wars game. And this is really shaping up to be one. But he does a lot of plays on that. Um, like I said, Division, as well as, I believe, was playing Ghost Recon for a little bit. But I think... Um, his team uh, is kind of on different vacations, so not as much. And usually he plays with his wife and daughter. So uh, usually they have like a fun back and forth. So it's fun listening to them. But it, again, thank everyone who's listening. By all means, you know, guys, give me kind of suggestions. But hopefully I will catch you later. Peace.